TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. That team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Steve Rosenblum. There was a keg stand. I lost to an 81-year-old lady. She got off the <laughs> next floor, and then, and, but I was, it was really close. Mark Grody. I've been waiting to get a hold of this guy for years. Yeah, like they're, like Channel 2 News is out there interviewing people. Yeah, I've been talking to my wife about getting Steve. He wants connected my dots and more to my plate. I'm going to dunk his ass. They suck, so you don't have to. Can't you morons do anything right? Founding members of the WB Club. Smoke weed every day. The three words that describe this show, and I quote. Stink, stank, stunk. It's Saturday Suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. And I, I apologize. What is your name? I don't know who you are, the host. Good morning and welcome in. Saturday Suckage. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Let's find out who else is here. Grobber. It sucks and it freebases. Don Cooper. If I think something sucks, I'll tell you it sucks. Jake Arietta. This sucks. Really, it does. Albert Almora. Damn, Willie, man. Do we suck? Eloy Jimenez. Hey, you guys are not going to make anyway. You guys suck. And when when I got traded the next day, oh, welcome to the suck team. Toby! Oh my god, the suck! Random Bears fan. Terry Bars! Finally made a list of somebody who thinks he sucks besides I do. Liam Hendricks! I wouldn't say seeking perfection, it's just mainly trying not to suck. Julie Swika. Man, that sucks. And now, this musical interlude from Avenue Q. It sucks to be me. It sucks to be me. It sucks to be broken, unemployed, and turning 33. Wilson Contreras. Losing, losing suck. I'll tell you that, and, and that's all I can say. George Went. We had fun, uh, but there you go. I sucked. Garth Algar. Get it off, man. Get it off. It's sucking my will to live. Steve Dahl. This guy sucks. 
This guy sucks! Candace Parker. Um, I mean, it sucks. Roquan Smith. Yeah, man. Sucks. Zach Levine. It sucks to have it happen game one. DeMar DeRozan. You know, it just sucks. Future Justin Fields coach Mike Tomlin. It all sucks. It's not degrees of suck. Um, it all sucks. Josh Allen. Sucks. Losing sucks. Sucks. Bob Costas. I also don't understand, or maybe I should just applaud you for having the self-confidence to label your own show Saturday Suckage. <laughs> Javi Triano. <laughs> I suck too, Chicago. Hello. <laughs> no. You got Costas. And nobody around here could figure out why. Just you wait got, until today. I'll suck You again. got Costas. Oh, my goodness. Welcome into Saturday Suckage. We suck so you don't have to. We're broadcasting live from the Hyundai Square Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealer. Phone number here at the score, 312-644-6767. That'll get you to our listener line, powered by BetQL. Bet smarter. Beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. That number, 312-644-6767, also gets you to the score's text line which started before the show did. And I want to go back to that. It was a 773 texter who timed things out the way he did last week. Or she, I don't know for sure. Well, here we are again. Four minutes and 20. We're 420 from the suckiest radio show ever. Sort of back-timed it. That's brilliant. Fortunately, I've administered an excessive amount of THC to the Dome to, re- to render myself docile and receptive to said suckage. Thanks to Stevie Sunshine, suck on you crazy diamond, and Billy Bong Thornton, this AM preferred pipe, let's go. I don't know how I missed that. I think it's brilliant. The, the Billy Bong Thornton, that's a WB Club special. That's we have the best texters. A Hall of Famer. We love you people. We love our Saturday texters. suckage and the WB Club members. Well, we hope you'll be, well, hope you be help, uh, rewarded today by listening. Um, today is everything's coming up Michael Jordan. Almost everything, anyways. He's all over most of sports, at least through my prism, and here's how it goes. Chris Chelios is having his Hawks jersey, his number seven, retired Sunday before the game against the, the Dread Wings with Patrick Kane. The score is David Ha of, Mullion, of the Mullion Ha Morning Show. He will team with Mark Grody, former pioneering suckageer right here on these airwaves and a co-founder of the Wake and Bake Club. They'll do a remote broadcast Sunday from noon till 3 from Kaiser Tiger in advance of the ceremonies honoring Chelios, who, by the way, is a Mullion Ha regular every week. Michael Jordan will be at the Chelios jersey retirement. Michael Jordan was not at the Bulls' Ring of Honor ceremony on which he played a part of the team being honored the entire 1995-96 team that won 72 games a record, and Jordan will be there. So would Jordan have done that when he had skipped out on the Bulls if he had been given a piece of the Bulls franchise, like a lot of people talked about? Or if he had been given a piece of the Chicago Welfare Sox franchise. So bookmark that thought for later in this rundown. Back to Chelios. It was pure coincidence, I believe. But I think it's wonderful 
Chelios is having his number retired the week of the 44th anniversary of the Miracle on Ice and the gold medal, Lake Placid, 1980. Did someone say Miracle? Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here tonight, boys. That's what you've earned here tonight. One game. If we played them ten times, they might win nine. But not this game. Not tonight. Tonight, we skate with them. Tonight, we stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. Tonight, we are the greatest hockey team in the world. You were born to be hockey players. Every one of you. And you were meant to be here tonight. Their time is done. It's over. I'm sick and tired of hearing about what a great hockey team the Soviets have. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. The greatest sports, the greatest speech in sports history. I will not be taking any questions. Chelios played back to Chelios now in the 19 he played on the 194 1984 Olympic team that did not pull off another miracle. Eddie Olchek also played for that team on the diaper line. That's what they were called the diaper line. Included Pat LaFontaine, a bunch of pimple-faced teenagers. Chelios captained two other Olympic teams, the old man and the sea. I'll explain later why he and not Patrick Kane, is the greatest U.S.-born hockey player. And I will not be taking questions at that time either. But I will run the idea by Jeremy Roenick. He will join us at 1120. He's a former teammate of, a former Hawks teammate of Chris Chelios and a former Olympic teammate, played on two Olympic teams with Chris Chelios. He'll join me at 1120. My other guest today, like, J.R. is one of the most phenomenal people I've covered in 50 years of sports. So that Robbie Triano, our producer, got him, locked him in. He's coming on. And then the rest of the show makes me laugh with joy. At noon, Matt Spiegel will be here. Matt Spiegel's always here. Matt Spiegel is all over the station. He will be in studio as apparently Saturday Suckage continues to romanticize baseball. At 1 o'clock, Jonathan Jackson will be here. He's been on the show several times because he wrote the book, The Making of Slapshot, the greatest sports movie of all time. I will not be taking any questions at this time. There is a, this is a time of mourning for the Slapshot family. 
But it's also a chance to look back on the greatest sports movie ever. Today, by the way, is National Tortilla Day. It also should be National Guacamole Day. Donkey chips are the best. I will not be taking any questions at this time. So we got to meet Shane Waldron this week. He answered questions. He answered the questions he was hearing in his head, not the ones we were all heard from the media. He was as insubstantial in his information and his answers as John Fox. I mean, he John Fox played Bears fans for stupid. If Waldron's head, Waldron needs a friend, I'll be your friend, Shane. Don't play Bears fans for stupid. You get a question, you answer it honestly. There's respect for that. But to dance around, to see, to, have, to show no connection to what's actually being asked. So he's the new offensive coordinator, and he's already behind the sticks. Perfect Bears offensive coordinator. So I asked Robbie this earlier. Wasn't it about... A millennium ago that Justin Fields unfollowed the Bears on Instagram? Uh, It was Tuesday. The Nets fired Coach Jacques Vaughn. That's what happens when you're worse than the Bulls, by the way. Thank you, AK. Spring training um, began yesterday. The Sox lost to the Cubs 8-1. Pedro Gafol said these games are, yeah, these games are important. So important that Jesse Chavez allowed a homer to the second hitter. Nice. And Grafol Sox allowed Pete Crow Armstrong to score from second on an infield single. When the play was right in front of the third baseman, who was intent on making a terribly weak throw to first base. Well, the sucking came fast to the White Sox, and now we got it. Now we know the S in Grafol's juvenile acronym, FAST, stands for SUCK. F-A-S-T, fielding a sucktastic team. Now give us money. Speaking of money, that was Michael Jordan's nickname. See, everything goes through Jordan. That's what his teammates called him, money. So as we review the Chicago Welfare Sox events this week, the chairman's sad begging act in Springfield, I had a thought. I have a question. Would it have been as pathetic would this whole 78 idea and the plot to sucker state and local political wonks, would it have looked as pathetic if Michael Jordan was the one leading the glad-handing down state? What if Jordan had been, I mean, he's a former White Sox legend, and he played for the Bulls, by the way, but what if he was the one going door-to-door in Springfield, office by office, signing this, posing for that, doesn't that beat an octogenarian shuffling around in Fonzie's jacket, right? Maybe the chairman of the Chicago Welfare, Welfare Sox should have made Jordan a partner in the Bulls, the Sox, whatever. The Bulls have terrible management, and now they suck in trying to resemble a modern NBA team, and they still sell out. Do you think that's because of Dale and Terry? I'll just put that to a floor vote. Do you think that's because of Dale and Terry? Jordan and his legacy are forever. Kids, for reference, two decades ago, he was Taylor Swift in his championship era. It still resounds. So what would you think? What would you think of Jordan as, let's say, a Sox investor, a Bulls investor? Let's say he was given an equity piece. What if he was the one doing the asking? What if he was the one downstate going, 
I need a billion bucks. Would you say you have a billion bucks, you're worth a billion bucks, build it yourself like everyone is saying to Reinsdorf? What do you think, Robbie? Would you? You're a Bulls fan, you're a Jordan fan, even though you're a Detroit fan. Uh, I definitely think a lot of people would give him some grace because they have six very important reasons why. You mean trophies are more important than trying to get a play-in spot? Because we've been led to believe a play-in spot and just being competitive is all there is. That all he, all he wants is a a participant rhythm, uh, ribbon, AK does. So you think Jordan would make a difference in this? I do. I don't know how much he wants to come back to ownership because we saw what he did last time with the Hornets just selling it. But I do think a lot of people would be a lot. I think a lot of people have a lot of angst and hate towards Reinsdorf, and that bleeds into this situation. Jordan would definitely be a better optic, wouldn't he? I don't know if he would make a difference in in the outcome of public opinion like we have on the airwaves. But I do know this. Political wonks are jock sniffers. They love to be jock sniffers. And he's a better optic than that. Speaking of Jordan, this tweet from Mark K, Mark K Hoops on Twitter, listed as part of CHGO Bulls. He's reporting from down under. And I was waiting to hear what would come of this. Here we go. If you were hoping the no bull tour would be Scotty, Horace, and Luke, meaning Luke Longley, Airing their grievances, you'd be disappointed. It wasn't a venting session. They didn't trash Michael or the last dance. It was three mates. Now you know he's from Australia. Having a laugh, talking their careers and bonds. It was great to see. Okay. That's it. That's They, they didn't trash Michael. They made a lot of money because of Michael. Maybe they figured that out. They're still making money off the threat of talking about Michael. We started this talking about Chelios after a break. I'll come back with the former Hawks hero, Jeremy Roenick. He has always been with me as honest on the air and in the dressing room as he was on the ice. I can't wait to talk to him about this. Steve Rosenblum, Saturday 2nd, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Just a wonderful era if you were a Blackhawks fan. Ronick, Gamani, Chelios, Suter, just teams that... And, and I think Jeremy Ronick represented those Hawks team. The, those Hawks teams. That's what Mike Keenan wanted. Daryl Sutter wanted it too. You were going to see a team that was honest, fierce, that could skate, was fast, and you got that. Some of the most enter- entertaining hockey I'd ever seen. Wasn't a, They never got to lift the cup, but I'll tell you what. The ne- my next guest is maybe, he's joining me on the guest hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois. Maybe the, the, the best sports personality I've covered in 50 years, both on and off the ice, entertaining, honest, fearless, a, a wonderful set of memories. Jeremy Roenick, thank you for joining me today. Uh, Steve, listen, can we start that all over again? Because I have goosebumps just listening to you, and I, my <laughs> sentiments are, are right back at you. We've had a lot of really good times and have been friends for a long time. I really appreciate you saying that. It's good to be with you, buddy. I appreciate you joining me on the weekend that um, Chris Chelios is going to – Chris Chelios is going to have his number retired. So it struck me, and looking at all of this, the way it turns on itself – Chris Chelios got traded for Dennis Savard. There's going to be like a panel discussion that will include you and Denis Savard, one of my uh, another Hawks hero and all time, or a Hall Amazing. of Famer. Yeah, and yep. I think when when Chelios became a Blackhawk, you were probably the prime beneficiary of that for two reasons. You got to play with Chelios. But you were were elevated to the top line. You you got Steve Larmer. You got custody of Steve Larmer, and it it, it seemed yep. as though it had such a. All of a sudden, there's there's forty six goals. There's fifty fifty, and I think you benefited greatly from that trade. What did you think? Go back to when you heard about the trade, losing Savard, and you were a young Blackhawk player. Yeah. Tell me about that. No, it's a it's a great analysis. I was the 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 best and number one beneficiary of that trade, even though Savvy was a huge part of my, my, you know, my hockey life and my, you know, my growth in Chicago, um, you know, the Hawks saw something in me that allowed them the opportunity to trade Savvy and go out and get a guy, you know, on the defensive end, like Chris Chelios. You know, I was, I was just at an event over the weekend in Canada and a lot of the Montreal fans are literally saying that was the worst trade in Montreal history. And I'm like, real, it really wasn't a really bad trade because Savvy won a cup. They won a cup in 93. We got Shelly. We didn't win a cup, but we got probably one of the greatest defensemen in the history of the game and one of the true blue, most passionate and hockey-loving and committed players that I've ever seen in Chris Chelios that, that did more for my career than pretty much anyone and still is one of my best friends and brothers still to date. And... I remember it was kind of like a shock that they tra- traded Savvy, and it was almost – I didn't want to think about it because the pressure had mounted so much as a 21-year-old for myself. I mean, here I am two years in the league, and now I'm getting um, placed in the, in the pretty much the, uh, the pole position to carry a team, and it just worked out. You're right. I did inherit Steve Larmer and Michelle Goulet, two of the smartest hockey players in the history of hockey, and Steve Larmer, who should be a Hall of Famer yeah. also – so um, again, it was 
it was a, a great, and I agree with you in terms of the, the hockey and watching the, the, the hockey, how we played back then, the, the, the level of ferocity, the level of punishment, the grace, the speed. I mean, it was, it was amazing time to watch hockey in Chicago. Jeremy Roenick is my guest. He's joining me on The Score. We're talking Chris Jellio's retirement. We're talking hockey, the Blackhawks, from a long time ago, but an entertaining time. And I think one of the reasons I think you symbolize those Hawks at that time and what was such an entertaining brand of hockey, uh, I always characterized it earlier in your career as you were Marc Messier with training wheels. I mean, he was about 40 pounds heavier <laughs> than you. And a game yeah. never was it never was officially underway until Messier, Messier ran over somebody. And you tried to do that, and you were fearless in doing that. You were just at like 170 pounds or something, and you played that yeah. way. And Mike Keenan kept throwing you out there because you played that way. Well, what a lot of people don't understand that it was Mike Keenan that threatened my entire existence as a hockey player in Kalamazoo in a preseason game. Um, literally grabbed me by my throat on the bench and said if I didn't finish my checks and didn't play physical, that I would never play a game in the National Hockey League as long as he was the coach. And that's you're getting that situation. You got to make a decision. Either you're going to do something that makes you uncomfortable and get comfortable with it, and um, or go find something else to do. And I I decided to do what was uncomfortable for me and I made it comfortable for myself. Now there was a lot of days where there was ice bags and broken bones and big, big bruises on my body, but my popularity grew. I think my, my ability to control games grew my, um, my ability to, um, to make more space for myself and to scare, scare defensemen into thinking they're going to get run through the boards and have that, that little extra, you know, mind game on them and it was all because Keenan wanted the team to be physical they wanted us to be aggressive they wanted us to be very uncomfortable in our own locker room to make the other team even more uncomfortable in their locker room I know it's a weird kind of concept but that was the Mike Keenan concept and I bought into it and literally um, created a monster from a 158 pound kid no, 158. I was giving you seven pounds credit at 165. So I. Yeah, uh, that's I, that, that, that's hey, that that's uh, that's um, those are the magazine numbers, right? Those are the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are magazine numbers. Jeremy Roenick is my guest. We're talking Blackhawks hockey in that locker room. What were when, when you when I bring up Chris Chelios's name, or anyone brings up Chris Chelios's name, your the snapshots or moments or. Or events that run through your head, your memory about him as a captain, a leader, a player, whatever you want, wherever you want to go with that. Uh, I, I don't think there's enough uh, enough words that I can describe for Chris. Um, you know, the stories are endless. Number one, um, but the first, but the first thing you think about when Chris's name is is mentioned, uh, love for game. You know, the passion and commitment to a sport. I've there's nobody that's even close to me than Chelly. Maybe Yager, but their love and and their commitment and passion for the game was it was like unmatched. And you know, he's his professionalism. He was always a great captain. He would tell you what he was thinking, and he will tell you what you didn't want to hear, regardless. He didn't care about hurting your feelings because you knew. Chris was going to do what was right for the entire team, not just for the individual. Um, 
you know, he's one of the only guys that actually, you know, grabbed me by, by the collar and, you know, told me to knock something off if I was, if I was doing something that was maybe a little bit harmful for the team or um, separated myself from the team. Chelly was the guy that, that didn't care about my, you know, you know, whether I was going to get mad or didn't care about my feelings, just made it, made it happen. And that's, that's, that's what a true leader is. And he's the godfather of American hockey for a reason. And he played 26 seasons for a reason. And he's still the Greek God that I've always known. And he's probably in better shape than ever. The guy is just the epitome of excellence, period. I I agree with you. I had, I will run this by you because I have a firm belief that he is the greatest American hockey player. And I can make yes. a case for that. Eddie O was yes. on the station a couple of days ago with Mullane Hall and believe Patrick Kane cited Patrick Kane as the greatest American. So you're an American. You played on two Olympic teams. You were in there with the uh, with Chelios as captain of two Olympic teams, and you've seen American hockey. Certainly, the way it's grown. Who's the best American hockey player, and why? Yeah, yeah there's no question, Chris Chelios. I mean, for so many different reasons. I mean, the Stanley Cups, the Norris Trophies, the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, his 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 durability, the length that he played, um, the, the the way that he played the game. Um, yeah, Patrick Kane is definitely in the top, you know, the top five best players of all time, you know, but, you know, Patrick Kane never scored 50 goals. He's won three cups. He's scored 100 points. He's third all time in scoring. He is one of the best for sure. But when you want to talk about all the intangibles that go into a hockey player, the uh, Chris Chelios is, is in my opinion, by far the, the, the most iconic uh, American hockey player ever born. Somebody got mad at me when I mentioned he's the best American hockey player. I will not be taking questions at this time. And when I said that earlier and said, no, it's not Kane. It's not Chelios. It's Mike Medano. And you played in the Medano era. And there is, he was a wondrous skater. He was absolutely balletic and graceful. And he was an accomplished scorer and playing center puts him, puts him at a different level. I, I focus on Chelios because a defenseman, a great defenseman can control the game. We saw it for yeah. a decade with Duncan Keith. He controlled the game. Whether you noticed it or not, it was yeah. done on his terms. It was done on Chelios's terms. He could he Chelios killed penalties. Chelios worked the power play. Chelios took his regular shift and Chelios played 30 minutes. That kind of thing. Patrick Correct. Kane played the wing and he was magic and he is magical with that. But I look at a defenseman as having and to play it, as you said, his longevity. So that's why I look at it, and centers would come after that because you're doing face-offs, you got to play both ends, that kind of stuff. How do you view those various positions? Yeah, I totally agree with you. And obviously, every every position has its importance, right? And yeah. you know, starting with the goaltenders, you know, going to the defensemen, to the centermen, to the wings. Uh, I agree with you on Mike Medano. He would be my my very very close uh, second choice in terms of the you know the best American players, Pat LaFontaine would be up there too. Unfortunately, his concussions kept his career short. Uh, but these guys are, were, were dominators of the game and did things that um, were very unique. Um, but you're, you're right. A positional player that does certain things at, at a higher level uh, need to be looked at differently when making these kind of uh, these who's best decisions. It's a good point by you, Steve. Jeremy Roenick is my guest here on The Score. We're talking Chris Chelios, Jersey retirement. We're talking Blackhawks hockey. We're, okay, so I got to go back to Keenan choking you. And so if I have this right, you got drafted because you and Keenan talked in a bathroom. 
right? And now he's yeah, on the bench choking you. When, when, yeah. when was that? When was the game in Kalamazoo? So it was crazy because during the draft, you know, I wouldn't get on a scale because I was so little. My agent wouldn't allow me to get on a scale for pre for pre pre draft interviews. So no team really knew how much I really weighed because that would affect your your draft position, especially as a high school kid. They didn't draft high school kids back in the eighties. It was it was un, unheard of, let alone in the first round and being as small as I was. So I looked small, but I wore I, I wore you know extra clothes on for my interviews. I wouldn't get on a scale. And you know, Keenan, I saw Keenan in the bathroom that night at dinner, standing, literally standing at a urinal right next to him. And he, you know, he said, "Very interesting, you know, very powerful interview today." And you know, as I was impressed at your commitment to do things and not to do things, and you know, why should I draft you? I said, "Well, if you just want a guy who just loves to win, will do anything to do to win, you know, then draft me because that's all I've done my whole life is win." And he goes, well, you got balls? And I said, well, kind of ironic. You're, you're asking me in this position right now. <laughs> probably wouldn't, you know, which was funny. And, um, you know, he laughed and stuff like that. But the really, the really, the main reason why I got drafted by the Hawks is um, Jack Davison and another um, um, New England scout at the right before the draft. Literally, because I don't think the top brass were going to take me. Um, and Jack Davidson, who was the head lead scout for Chicago, um, and um, his partner, um, literally said to the brass, "If you don't draft this kid at eight, we are we quit. We're not going to. We're not going to be." And Jack Davidson's been with the Hawks for decades, and literally put his job on the line and put his his faith behind me and threatened the Blackhawks that he would quit if they didn't draft me. So sure enough, they took his uh, advice and drafted me. And then literally when I got to Chicago, it was the second, second preseason game in 1988 in Kalamazoo playing the Minnesota North stars in the second period. I sweep, I, I swept, swept by a, by a check, chased the puck instead of finishing the check and Keenan grabbed me by the throat and literally like screamed so loud with profanity spitting in my face. Um, putting a scare into me that um, there was no choice in the matter. It was, it was either sacrifice my body or, or go, go back to school and learn another profession. No, nobody wants to go back to school. I mean, studying, right? No, You'd left, rather play left, hockey left, for no, a I living. I left school because I found out what a syllabus was. I didn't want to go back. <laughs> no, nobody does. Jeremy Roenick is no. my guest. We're talking Blackhawk, Blackhawks hockey, Chris Chelios retirement. What was, what was, and it, the effect of this happens the week Chris Chellett, Chris's jersey gets retired. You and I are talking. Today is the actual day, 44 years ago, that the US uh, the the gold medal they beat Finland yep. to clinch the gold medal, 1980, yep. Lake Placid. Yep. And I remember talking to Tony Amonti about. And this is in advance of 2002 when Herb Brooks was the coach of the yep. NHL team. And he said, as Mike Arruzzioni scored, they beat the Soviets. He went down to his basement and he pounded pucks into the washing machine. He just yep. shot in his basement, shot, slap shot, slap shot, slap shot. That's what he did. What was the effect? You're of that miracle era. Yep. You, how did that shape you? What did, yep. what did it do for you? Well, I was in Connecticut at 10 years old. And I actually had a game that I had to go to. But we stayed to the end to see it all. And um, 
I remember everybody getting to the rink late and driving into the parking lot late because everybody was at home watching that game and watching those games. And literally, you know, there was a hundred Mike Garuzioni's at the arena after that, after that game, it was like the most powerful sporting moment um, in my life. It's the biggest upset in sports history. And it's, it's the single, single number one reason why America is dominant today in the world of hockey is a world power because Mike Ruzioni and the 1980 team made me, made Chelios, Leach, uh, Madano, Kachuk, um, you know John Leclerc, Bill Guerin, Dougie Wade, Mike Richter. All these, all these, these guys want to be a Olympian, want to be a pro pro hockey player, and it culminated culminated in 1996 when we won the World World Cup, and then got to the finals in the Olympics in 2002. We became a world power because of that game. And now you see kids today, USA Hockey is a world power, even more so now because of what we did in 96, what we did in 2002. It's a love for success, and it's, uh, it's, it's idols and looking up to people that do great things that spur on um, great uh, generations of hockey. And that's, that's, what, that's, what, hap- that's what happened in the USA. I I think that I was going to go to 1996, the World Cup, and it was the U.S. and Canada, and all the Canadian fans had signs, it's our game. And I told some Canadian friends of mine after Tony Amani scored, you know what, you want to send those signs down here? Because right now it's our game, right? We yep. we, we yep. own that. And they were the children. You guys were the children of Mike Ruzioni and Jim Craig yep. and, and Jack O'Callaghan. You were, you were that group. And then yep. you got to play for Herb Brooks, the, yep. the legend in 2002 in the Olympics in Salt Lake City. What was that like playing for him, a man who, from at a distance, you looked at, this is legendary, and now he's up close, or you're up close to yeah, him. Yeah, it was, <laughs> like, you talk about you talk about living a dream, right? You mm-hmm. know, you believe in miracles, you believe miracles, all the stuff that went on in 1980. Now, now you, you see your whole you know, your whole life come to fruition in terms of like hockey power and being, you know, underneath the, you know, the, the greatest of, of coaches, right? So you're, we're, we're staring at the coach who you heard stories of, of stories of lore about how he treated the 1980 guys and the, the New England players to the Minnesota players, you know, Boston, Minnesota, it was like, those wars and in, within the locker room of the Olympic team and, and the things that, that, that he did that, that her Brooks did to bring this team to where he did and to see him in front of us talking to us. It was just, it was, it was so surreal. It, it, you can't even play, put words into it, but I mean, it's one of the, one of the greatest things that ever happened to me in, in, in hockey is to be able to not only play in the Olympics, but get to the gold medal and be under the, under the thumb of, you know, the greatest U.S. USA hockey coach of all time. So you talked about, and, and the movie Miracle showed how how tough he could be, how punished he could be. And because it was a Disney film, it was really cleaned up. You couldn't, you weren't going to be shown yeah. all the things he said or all the ways he went about it and as often as he did. But he was, he was bringing together a group of college kids and doing it that way with tough love. And I remember talking to him in, in Colorado Springs where it was bringing the guys together who would be on that team like for a quick weekend of practice. And what he had said he was going to do was take you guys 
back to your youth, your your original love of hockey, the romantic part of your past, where it started for you or where it stuck out, whether it was on a pond or in an open arena or wherever it was. So what was that? Did he do that? What was that like? Yeah, he, and this is how smart he was, right? Because now, unlike 1980, where he was coaching a bunch of college kids, now in 2002, he's he's coaching NHL superstars. So he's coaching a different set of um, of attitudes, mm-hmm. of egos, of personalities, and in different places in their careers. So he 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 couldn't really have that really hard nose, in your face, brutal mentality he had to pull on this on the strings that had already gotten us to the point of being professional hockey players and that is the love for the game where did you learn to play for it? why do you play for it like why are you guys here you know almost not forcing us to do it because we've already been forced to do it now it's let's let's go back and remember those those feelings and those desires and those cravings and those and that 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 drive that got you here, that got you to where you are as an, as an NHL superstar. And now it's gotten you here to the Olympics. And now let's, let's relive these, these, um, these different, um, you know, traits that we have and let's put them all together and go win an Olympics. So that's how brilliant he was is because he was able to get into your brain in different ways. It doesn't have to be physical. It can be very emotional and very inspirational. Like he, like he was with us. It was really a thing of beauty. I remember talking to you after the, the the final game, and you've never looked worse winning a silver medal. You were like the face of, you finished last. You finished last in the gold medal game. You got a medal. You still have an Olympic medal. You are an Olympic medalist, and you look so distraught. I appreciate you stopping to talk at that time, but and I have no idea how often you go back to that, after we just talked about the high of what of your of other parts of your career, I don't know where that, what you think of that, how you look at that yeah. now. Yeah, it's the um, it's it's a two it's a double sided coin, right? So obviously everybody wants to win the biggest event in world history, which is the Olympics, the best athletes on the planet in their respective sports. I mean, it is literally the best in the number one sporting event in, in, in that we have today. So we to win a gold medal is that was our dream. And, you know, we came up, you know, one game short. However, what we did for American hockey and where we put ourselves now in terms of reputation around the world and what we were building, what we were creating in, in our, in our wake was tremendous and where we'd come in 20 years. So here we are 20 years. Now we are at that. We are not a laughing stock in the world of hockey. We are now a powerhouse. And it, and it literally came together with us playing the, our ultra rivals in Canada, which is this Canadian's game, as you said, and we were on that stage. So it's it's the bittersweet pill of we lost, but but the bigger the bigger goal is probably more important. Jeremy Roenick is my guest. We're talking hockey here on the Score Blackhawks hockey, Chelios's jersey retirement, Olympic hockey. What is your relationship with the Blackhawks? Um, I wish it was, I think, I wish it was better and I don't, I'm not saying that it's bad, but I wish there was more communication, um, between myself and them. And I think things are really changing a lot in, in the Blackhawks organization, obviously with 
the passing of Rocky Wirtz, which was an absolute um, catastrophe and is so sad and shock to all of us. But, um, you know, I've always, always had a passion and a love for the city and a passion for that team and that, that you know, the best sweater in all of sports. Um, and, it, and I will continue to forever um, and always have a, a craving to, to do more with the team. Um, I just, I just, I just think there, there were some, some tough times and, you know, a lot of people said things uh, that shouldn't have been said. And obviously immaturity on my part back in, in 1996, when I was 26 years old, um, you know, there's a lot of people that get second chances in this, in this world. And, um, you know, I think whatever, whatever, um, whatever is, I guess, feelings on, on either side, I think it would be a really cool thing uh, for myself and for the city of Chicago and maybe for the Hawks if there was more of myself around, whether it was with Jelly or with Savvy or with somebody that would be very positive in this in this community. There's no question about it. Um, every time I come to Chicago, it's um, people treat me like I've never left, and uh, you know it's it's like my second home, but. Um, you know, I always hold out hope and, you know, I'm just proud that I'm here um, and, and taking part in Chelly's day, going to be on the ice with him on, uh, tomorrow for his number to go up in there. I couldn't think of a better person to go in and listen, this is a guy, this is a guy who got, who left Chicago to go to the biggest arch rival in Chicago Blackhawks history. And that's Detroit Red Wings. Nobody can overcome something like that. Not even Patrick Kane is going to come over that like jelly did um i'm sure you know kane's going to get his statue out front and all that stuff too and um you know you'll hear you'll hear a great cheer for patrick kane tomorrow during the during the game but when the game starts they're going to be against patrick kane but you know jelly was able to overcome all the odds of going to another team and coming back and still being the chicago you know the chicago love so it's 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 pretty incredible to watch what's going to happen tomorrow okay so where which day before i let you go jr it's wonderful talking with you as always so which day can is is the aurelio's pizza day or aurelio's pizza night yeah my aurelio's pizza day is uh august 14th where uh, we'll be at the stadium bringing a couple couple of very lucky uh, fans and and great supporters of Aurelio's Pizza. Um, love to give a plug to my, um, you know, I have a camp coming out here uh, in Kenosha, Wisconsin for for all females. We have a female camp that we're, we want to try to get more females into hockey and getting getting them into a camp to teach them hockey right here, very close to uh, Illinois. So if there's anybody out there with young young girls looking to uh, expand their, their hockey knowledge and love. Um, Kenosha, Wisconsin in June, uh, middle June, you go to bgelitehockey.com, bgelitehockey.com. So if you have a young, young girl that wants to, uh, wants to learn the game and get better at the game, uh, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go come out here and, and make a lot of, a lot of young girls real happy with a good week of, of hockey. Outstanding. JR, thank you for being as entertaining on the air as you were on the ice. Thanks for your time again. Steve, I love you, buddy. I really Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. They can also, there's a JR Petting Zoo. You were usually the celebrity, <laughs> the celebrity director. It's amazing what he does, how he glad hands. The celebrity chair of the Helping Hands Golf Tournament, right? That is correct. Yeah, that, that'll be uh, in late July, early August, helpinghands.com. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, we have a golf tournament every year. We uh, supply uh, a tremendous amount of support and, and funds to uh, to cash it, which is a great, great um, organization in town that deals with many different um, uh, different problems. Many different that we people all face. in need. Yeah. yeah, and it's wonderful. Yes. Helpinghands.com yes. is a wonderful place, and you go out there, and there's a lot of hockey to be had there. A lot of and a JR Petting Zoo, so that's what you're looking for. <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy. I'm used to it. I'm used to it. Thanks, Steve. There I love you. you. I'll talk to you later. You too, Jeremy Ronick, Hawks hero. I'm telling you, it's just wonderful, as, uh, wonderful on the air as he was off the air. And speaking of which, let's take a break. And at some point, at the top of the hour, wonderful on the air as he is off the air will be Matt Spiegel. It'll, now that we've romanticized hockey and the Hawks in 1980 and the Miracle on Ice, we're going to romanticize baseball because it's sort of baseball season, but it's always romanticized season. Steve Rosenblum, Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Okay, Matt Spiegel's here. He's in studio. I don't know why, but we're going to romanticize baseball because I never want to miss an opportunity, and I need to apologize for maybe stepping on his baseball romantic territory last week. Steve Rosenblum, Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.